Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Galatians chapter number 5 verse 25. Anybody feel blessed in here? Five twenty-five. If you have it, say amen. amen. I'm going to read a lot of scripture this morning, if that's okay. Can I take my time? Anybody hungry for the word? <laughs> uh, Five twenty-five. It says, "If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit." Just that simple. If we live in the spirit, if we say that we are living in him, then may we also walk in him. So, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless this word, anoint this vessel, anoint this word, Father God. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for what you're doing. God, this is your season. This is your time, Father God. And I pray that you would unlock ears right now and that you would break every distraction And I come against every mind barrier, uh, even jealousy. I come against that spirit, pride, uh, spiritual arrogance. We come against everything, God, that would get in the way of your way today. God, we pray that you would search the infections in us. uh, Because, God, there's no room uh, for anything wicked in our hearts And so, Lord, we just pray that you would remove right now in this moment anything that would be a blockage to what you want us to receive today. God, we give you the glory and the praise in advance for what your word will perform as it is declared today. And we love you, Jesus, and we praise you and we honor you for your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto my path. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This scripture verse in Galatians chapter number 5, verse 25, jumped out at me as we were doing our devotional uh, Thursday. We actually hadn't done a prayer live in a while. And as we were doing the prayer live, uh, the Lord began to speak to us uh, the comparisons uh, or the contrasts of faith and our flesh. Uh, We cannot operate in faith if we're operating out of flesh. And the Spirit of the Lord began to speak to us about His Spirit and how that we, Galatians 5, talks about us walking in the Spirit so that we will not fulfill the lust of our flesh. Uh, If you look in the books, uh, in the book of Galatians, the opening scripture, it says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. I want you to turn with me to the book of Romans just for a few moments. I'm going to read some scripture this morning and then we'll get into it. If you'll look at the very first verse in Romans chapter number eight, it says, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Somebody say walking according to to the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death somebody turn your neighbor and tell them I'm free 
for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the what? The flesh. Somebody shout the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. So he came and conquered sin for you and I. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Let's look up at verse 11. It says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Where does He dwell? He dwells in you and I. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. I want you to turn your neighbor and tell him you will live. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs and joint heirs of God uh, with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Hallelujah. How many knows that we suffer with him on the cross of Calvary, but we also are glorified with him in his resurrection ability? And so we keep moving forward. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, and not willingly, but because of him who subject in who subjected it in hope because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption in the glorious liberty of the children of God for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together unto now not only that but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit somebody shout Jesus even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Our body needs to line up with our spirit. Amen. For we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? <laughs> but if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Somebody shout perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now here we go. And we know, somebody shout, I know, I know. that all things work together. For the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell him it's time to walk in the Spirit. 
If you remain in the Spirit, you need to activate in the Spirit. And the Bible's telling us that there is an agent of establishing the kingdom of God into the earth. It is a helpmate. It is a helper that God has poured out unto His people. And this empowerment releases His all and His wonder. If you're wondering what that is, it is His Spirit. It is His Spirit. It is His companion. It is what is your helper in this thing called life, the Spirit of the Lord. It is faith that is the, the substance of things that I hope for, the evidence of things that I cannot see. My flesh may not be able to see it, but my hope knows it. Amen. And Luke 4 and 18 through 19, the Bible says that the Spirit came upon Jesus. Isaiah 11 2 tells us that the Spirit of the Lord would rest upon Jesus, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of His knowledge, the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. And I want you to understand that His counsel is not uh, advice. Hallelujah. But his counsel is his authoritative plans and decisions to save, to heal, and to deliver. I want to go to Luke 4. Jesus declares, declares to you and I, I have, prophet, I have a prophetic uh, mission. I have a prophetic mandate upon my life. He is standing in the synagogues, and he says, I have a prophetic mandate upon my life uh, that, that I would heal the discouraged. He said, I have a prophetic mandate upon my life that I'm here to proclaim liberty to those who are bound in chains, those who are in captivity, uh, those who need sight and are blinded today. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jesus because He anointed Him to preach the gospel to the poor. Uh, see, he sent Him to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Somebody shout Jubilee. Jubilee. Then he closed the book and he gave it to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all were fixed on him, the Bible says. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I want you to know that it's this day. <laughs> Come on somebody. Somebody shout it's this day. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's this day. It was this day that Jesus unlocked Jubilee, uh, the acceptable year of the Lord in the Old Testament. Jubilee happened to be uh, every 15 years, it represented a day of rest. 15 represents rest. Watch this. 15 represents, somebody shout that, 15 represents rest. So 15 years, and it also represents overcoming death. Hallelujah. Uh, 15 represents rest. It represents overcoming death. It's the divine acts of grace. Five times three is 15. Three in, is the number of completion. Somebody say, God's already done it. And five is the representation of God's grace or the given ability to overcome something. It's the place of rest and the place of the promise of God being fulfilled in every life that's sitting under the sound of my voice in this moment. Every 15 years in the Old Testament, debts were canceled, slaves were freed, new beginnings were granted, and Luke 4 is declaring that now the Scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. 
Before we move to Luke 5, I want to make mention of verse 37 and 38 of the sixth chapter or, or the fifth chapter. It says, And no one puts new wine in old skins, or the new wine will burst the skin and be spilled. I promise you, I'm going somewhere. Hold on just a little bit. And the skin will be ruined. The new wine must be put in new wine skins. Somebody turn it to everybody and say, God's doing something brand new. I know it's hard to believe it. When Jesus came, there was a shift. Come on. When Jesus came, something different happened. When Jesus came, he brought about change. The old way was put away, and behold, there was something new. How many knows that when you give your heart to this one who brought change, your life begins to transition and change? How many, how many remember when old habits and haunts lost their attractiveness, and you become attractive to something that was new in your life? And whenever it is that the Holy Spirit begins to fill people with new wine, the structure, the organization, the functioning begins to shift. When Jesus began to step on the scene, we see that there was a shift. Come on, somebody. There was a divine change and a divine alignment. We've seen it through history. People like John Wesley who preached with fire and the Holy Ghost power. New structures were formed again and again as great men and women of faith. We can talk about the old time revivals that took place. Each time there was a new structure. There was God was doing something fresh. God was doing something new. There was a fresh fire. There's a fresh oil from a place of presence and, 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 and a moving of an apostolic mandate on people lives and as I was preparing for the message God spoke to me and said that the enemy has come to sift a thing but in his sifting God's going to shift a thing come on somebody the enemy come to sift you but God is about to transition you God is about to shift a thing in your life in our words in other words the enemy has tried to stop God in releasing God's uh, the enemy's trying to stop God's movement he's trying to stop God from prevailing in what he's promised over your life uh, but, but in the midst of him trying to sift you and to destroy you there's a new thing now is springing forth it's the substance of the things that you and I have been hoping for and we're about to see the evidence of things that we cannot see right now but you're about to see what you have not been able to see come on somebody I believe that the enemy has done everything in his power in the last couple of years to twist truth. He's done everything in his power to turn God's people away from God's promises. But the Bible declares to you and I that where the enemy has come in like a flood that the Bible says that God is raising up a standard against the enemy. You've heard me say it that liberty is not a statue. It is a standard. What are you talking about? It's not just a fake thing but it's a real thing. Hallelujah. It's not a statue but it's it's a standard. What are you saying? What I'm trying to tell you, if you're liberated, don't act like you're bound. Come on. If you're liberated, you don't have to be chained up to what used to chain you up. Why? Because liberty is a standard of the Lord. Liberty is what you can stand on. Freedom is what you have in Christ Jesus. The enemy wants to keep you locked up, chained up, and he wants to keep you in the midst of despair. But I'm looking for somebody that will look the enemy right in the eye and say... You come at me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you with a name, and his name is Jesus. And when I speak that name, there is freedom. 
The Bible says that you have freedom. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. And the enemy has done everything in his power to twist truths. And the enemy has done everything in his power to turn you and twist you away from God's promises. But as I declared, the enemy is failing. The enemy, uh, his, his launch and his attack is failing today. And when the flood of your failures lift their voice against you, and when the worries of this world lift up their waves, the Lord on high is mightier than the mountains and the enemy's movement. What are you saying? If God be for you, who can be against you? I said if God be for you, the gates of hell can be all against you. He can pull out his heavy artillery, but greater is he who's on the inside of you than every weapon that's formed against you. I declare on this day of the Lord, Isaiah 27 and 1, that with his severe sword, great and strong, God will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, the lying, twisting serpent, the chaotic creature of this century. God will slay the reptile, the twisting manipulator, the enemy of your soul. I'm staying on my notes because I have a very direct message that I want to release this morning. It's very prophetic. God has given the blood-washed, Holy Ghost-filled believer power to tread upon serpents and scorpions, yes, and to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And you will cast out devils. And you will drink any deadly thing. And it will not hurt you in this season. Why? Because liberty is my standard. Hallelujah. I'm free. And who the sun sets free is free from every attack of the enemy. And there is an empowerment that's coming upon believers. It's a Jesus-manifested empowerment among those who will live in the Spirit and who will walk in the Spirit. Verse 2 of 27 goes on to say, in that day, somebody say that day. Come on, help me preach this morning. In that day, in that day, the prophecy says there's a song of restoration over God's vineyard. How he knows his blood has restored me and his spirit has empowered me. The Lord is saying, I will keep you. Come on somebody. When the enemy tries to destroy you God says I'm singing over you and I will keep you. Come on. When the enemy comes in like a flood I will keep you. And the Bible says that he will water you day and night. That means that there is a preceding word for your path. Everything you need is in the word. Everything you need has already prophetically been declared and I prophetically declare today that everything that's been twisting you, everything that has been confusing you, everything that has stolen from you is going to be cut off today by the anointing. It's going to be totally and utterly destroyed, annihilated by the anointing of the Word of God. Somebody's looking for revival. Listen to the Word and experience His revival. Come on, somebody. The wonder is in His Word. Come on. Somebody give God praise. Had it not been for a Word that was declared, had it not been for a Word in your life you would be locked up you would be in a devil's hell but thank God for the word thank God for the cross thank God for the gospel thank God for the blood if you're thankful somebody take 30 seconds and give God praise for the blood give God praise for the benefits of the blood give God praise for the healing that's in the blood give God praise for peace that's still in the blood what can wash away my sins nothing 
nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain, no. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Glory to his name. Somebody say he's being cut off. He's being cut off. The confusers, the confusers being cut off. The twister is being twisted back. Hallelujah. The pain meant to punish you is producing promise. He said, I will believe it. He said, if you will believe it, there, then you will receive it. There is a new wine skin forming. New wine is being released. What are you saying? There's a new wine being released because there is a heart for the harvest again. A fresh outpouring of God's power. A spiritual awakening is happening and transpiring before us. Joel 2 and 20 says that there's an outpouring of God's spirit that's being released. That where sons and daughters will prophesy and old men will dream dreams. This is why that you've been in a season of ripping. <laughs> this is why you have felt the shaking in the body of Christ. God is moving and there is a new skin with fresh empowerment. There's a manifestation among you and God had to align some things for the skin to function with fresh unction. Come on somebody. God had to align some things in order to assign some things. How many knows you cannot be assigned until you're aligned? It's what you were preaching. We cannot be assigned things if we're not aligned with the word of God. And God is doing something in this hour that is fresh in full operation of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And I believe we are moving into a season of greater. Everything that's been declared, we're moving into what has been declared by his word. And what the enemy meant for harm, God is, at 828, working all things together for the good of them who love the Lord. If you look in Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 11 through 13, it talks about it being given by God to attain the unity of the faith. Somebody shout unity. And of the knowledge of the Son of God that belongs to the fullness of Christ. Somebody shout abundant life. These gifts functioning together for the equipping of the saints for the purpose of God's ministry being performed and being declared in the land to the building up of the body of Christ and the unique characteristics of the ministry gifts is that of the anointing of God. Hallelujah. This is the hour. I heard the Lord say that this is the hour of the anointing. This is the hour of fresh oil. This is the hour of a fresh empowerment. This is the hour when a person becomes anointed by experiencing God's spirit moving upon them. There is a divine transformation. Hallelujah. This is the hour when the information coming off of those pages, the graph A begins to transition. This is not just information, but this is the hour that we walk in not just the graph A, but the logos word of the Lord. And when you walk in the logos word of the Lord, you are walking in the 
living, breathing, activating word of Jesus Christ being manifested among those who will who are not ashamed to dig, who are not ashamed to intercede, who are not ashamed to operate in the gifts that God has given to you. I'm here to tell you that there's a fresh anointing that will come upon those whosoever we are, that you'll just press in. You can press in and preview, or you can open up everything that God has for you. I said you can press in and preview what he did three days later, or you can open up everything that he has opened up for you. All you have to do is have faith in God. I'm going to say it again. All you have to do is have faith in God, not just by what he's already done, but I'm looking for somebody that will have faith in this very moment. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever fear has tried to immobilize you, I'm looking for somebody to understand that God is the same God as he was yesterday, as he was Wednesday night. He's still the same God on a Sunday morning. Three days later, he resurrected out of the grave. I'm looking for somebody who has some stuff dead around you to understand that all you got to do is open up your mouth and declare the word of the Lord and when you speak there's a shift in your mouth there's a shift in your praise I'm waiting for somebody to praise him I'll move if you'll praise him I'm looking for somebody to praise him for a promise I'm looking for somebody that almost panicked beneath the load you almost gave up you almost had to quit inside of you but I'm looking for somebody to give God a praise for the next chapter give God a praise for the next it's, it's good to give God praise for what he's already done but I'm looking for somebody to praise him for the move of God that's about to hit this region On numerous of occasions in the Old Testament, there was dramatic change when the Spirit of God would touch an individual. We can see Samson, when it came upon Samson, there was something different that happened. Samuel told Saul, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily, and you shall be changed into another man. Anybody ever had the Spirit hit you, and you realized, and you knew there was a change? Because had it not been for that activation, there's no way that you could operate in that dimension. God began to show you things. God began to give you insight. God began to give you a gift of faith that exploded to lay a hand on a sick man. And they come up out of a wheelchair. One they said would never walk. One they said they was going to amputate his foot. But all of a sudden there was a gift of faith on the inside of you that was out of you. And all of a sudden it came in you and on you. And the next thing you know, you're reaching out your hand to help a neighbor. You're helping them out of the situation, out of their chair, on their feet. I'm looking for somebody that would understand that if you'll walk in the Spirit, nothing will be impossible to the believer. I'm waiting on a believer to respond. I'm waiting on a believer to press in with praise. I'm waiting on a believer. Take 30 seconds and give God your greatest praise this morning. Somebody praise him like you believe him. Somebody praise him like you believe his word. Somebody speak life into this room right now. Something happened in Luke 4 because he knew what he was supposed to do. <laughs> he was empowered to do it. Somebody shout Jesus. 
He was consciously aware of the equipping, the equipping, the anointing that rested upon him. And ladies and gentlemen, God is looking for you and I to carry on the gospel, to carry the oil to carry the fresh wine, to carry this activation of the Spirit of the Lord upon preachers, come on, that would preach to those who are poor in spirit, those who are completely destitute, those who are lacking and helpless without some kind of outside intervention. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jesus to heal the brokenhearted. Here's the only reason the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you is to heal somebody who is broken. Come on, somebody. It does feel good, but it's more than just the feeling of the Spirit coming upon you. Yes, it is joyous when the Spirit comes upon you. But let me tell you something. The Spirit of God is for healing. The Spirit of God is for deliverance. The Spirit of God is for somebody that is blind to receive sight. The Spirit of God is for somebody who can't hear correctly. For the Spirit of the Word to activate and unlock somebody's hearing. The Bible said that faith come by hearing and hearing by the declared word. Word of God. I am concerned that we're numb to the Word of God. And if there's no Word going forth, there will be no wonders revealed. But I'm looking for somebody that understands where the message is. The miracles are demonstrated. Somebody give God praise for the message. Somebody give God praise for the Word. If you hear the Word coming out of my mouth, give God praise. I said give, respond to the Word. If you'll respond, there will be a release. When we respond to the word, the word then begins to release unto us. It's not a statue, ladies and gentlemen. It's a standard. It's not a fairy tale. It's a real tale. Come on, somebody. It's not a fake thing. It's a factual thing that Jesus Christ was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I am made well. I need somebody sick in your body to understand if you'll pray. Praise God and respond to that scripture that God can heal your body in this place today. If you need peace in your mind, all you got to do is respond. Think on things above. Put your mind on Christ. And he says, I will give you perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me. What are you talking about? I'm talking about walking in the spirit. I'm talking about walking in his word. Walking in the spirit. Not just standing in his spirit, but walking in his spirit. Be anchored in him. But somebody needs to move in the day and hour that we're living in. You see, pandemic done made us lackadaisical. Made us lazy. Made us comfortable on our chair at the house but I'm looking for somebody who will go after the presence I'm looking for somebody who wants revival for real come on if you want a real move of God somebody show your desperation somebody show God how bad you want the harvest how bad you want to see miracle signs and wonders hallelujah it's not a statue. It's a standard. And God told me to tell you that many of you have been waiting. And he said, the wait is over. There's a renewal coming to you. Fresh strength, revitalization is coming to you. Some of you are going to fly above it. Some of you are going to run through it. Some of you are right in the middle of it. But you're going to get out of it. Come on, somebody. I know it's cloudy and chaotic. 
but you're coming out of it in the name of Jesus. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God, knowing that these words from Jesus was not simply an idea, a theory, or a concept, but these words were literally an expression of tangible manifestations that are available to you and I. Now the Spirit of God. Somebody shout now. Now the Spirit of God. The anointing is releasing in those who are hearing the Word of God. Genesis 1 and 2 tells us that there was a hovering over the waters. The Spirit began to hover over the waters. And I heard the Lord say this. I was reading this scripture the other day. And I heard the Lord say that there's a hovering (laughs) over His people. And I heard this, and it's going to sound weird, but I heard a genuine Genesis. And you say, what are you talking about? The Lord began to say, it's a genuine Genesis. It's a pure place of God's presence. Because there are people who are hungry and thirsty. And it's a pure stream that God is releasing from heaven. And he says there's a genuine Genesis. In Genesis, God created. He spoke and they created. You know how God speaks today? You need to turn to somebody and look at them. If you don't speak, God's word cannot be declared. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. You can think a thing, but until you declare it, nothing is going to take place. There's a genuine Genesis, my God, that's about to take place. I'm talking about creative miracles. If you can believe it and speak it, not just think it, but if you'll declare it over your situation, the Bible said you can speak to the mountain, and the mountain has to move out of your way and be cast into the sea, never to be remembered again. What are you saying? I'm telling you that if you can speak to cancer, to be uprooted out of the body, be cast into the sea, never to be I'm telling you, if you'll tell that sin in your life, that temptation, that addiction, that perversion to be cast out of your life and into the sea of blood, it will never be remembered again. Genuine Genesis. Somebody say that. Genuine Genesis. Where the Holy Ghost is going to enable you to do things you've never done before. Not because you're anything, but because you're available. See, when you preach like this, people don't know how to take you. They only want you to preach like, eh, well, I better be careful. But the Bible says that Jesus knew what he was there to do. He knew that God had anointed him. When Peter and John went to the gate beautiful, they knew what was on the inside of them. If you understand the scripture that I just read to you, they, when, when we, after he declared the Spirit coming upon him, what did the Bible say? It said that he sit. When you sit, you remain in what you've declared. <laughs> so he sit in what he had already spoken as to say it's established. I'm going to remain in this. And when he sat down, the Bible says that everybody looked at him. In other words, he said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled, and he said, and when he said, all the eyes were looking at him in amazement, because what Isaiah said has just become, and they were a little bit under the understanding that could this be? (laughs) 
Could this be what's been prophesied? Could this be what they told was a fake prophet, a false prophet, but now all of a sudden the reality of everything that he declared is sitting right in front of them after he already spoke something? He said, yeah, I'm going to sit on what I just spoke because it's going to stay here for a while. Why? Because liberty is not a statue. It's a standard. And when there's a standard, you can sit in the middle of hell and you can understand I'm free. You can sit in the middle of a prison cell and you understand I'm free. You can sit around all demons and devils that are talking and accusing and murmuring and complaining, but you can sit and say his word is yes and amen and who the son sets free, who the son gives liberty to is free indeed. Doesn't matter what's going on around you. <laughs> he said, Paul and John, or Peter and John, not Paul and John, when they walked up to the guy that was lame, that person that had been carried time after time, sitting at the gate called Beautiful. They walked toward him to pray, and they realized the need. Isn't it awesome when you realize that there's not only the compassion for change, but you have the capacity for change? Isn't it interesting? Oh, Lord Jesus, help me, Holy Spirit, because I'm, I'm, you, y'all need to pray for me right now because there's some stuff about to come out. Because we can fake compassion. <laughs> but when you really have a real compassion, you will neglect a meal to reveal the power and the capacity to heal. It's easy for us to do a work and say, well, I've done my work for the day. But Peter and John knew that they may not have some things. But they had the capacity and the compassion to pick this man up from his place that he remained year after year. They brought him to the spot. And this man didn't, didn't even know that he's sitting there. And he's, he thought, I'm sure he thought, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to be begging the rest of my life for alms. I'm going to lay here in my situation. And I'm going to beg for the rest of my life life but aren't you thankful for those people <laughs> who can see destiny in the middle of your dilemma come on somebody I don't know about you but I'm thankful that in the midst of my despair in my worst hour there was somebody who would speak a word to me there was somebody that was a friend to me there was somebody who was Jesus to me that's a friend that sits closer than a brother I'm glad that there is a word that will create a wonder I'm glad that there's a word that will take me out of my dilemma into my destiny y'all ain't acting like y'all know what I'm talking about some of y'all done forgot where you were but I wish I had somebody that would give God praise because you should not be sitting in this sanctuary today had it not been for the grace and the mercy of a loving Lord. Somebody give God praise because he saw you in your dilemma and he said I got a destiny for him. I got a purpose for him. I got a plan for him. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. It's fresh. It's new. It's fresh. Liberty. Somebody shout liberty. liberty. It's fresh. 
and it's new. The Holy Ghost is fresh every day. The anointing of Isaiah 27 and 6, those who come will take root in Jacob. You shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. How many knows it's going to be a fruitful season? Every called blood-washed child of the Most High God, not just pastors, not just apostles, not just the evangelists, but there's some doctors and drummers. <laughs> there's some businessmen and husbands and fathers and mothers under the sound of my voice. And I believe that it, it is the will of God that every believer would say with certainty <laughs> that I don't only have the compassion to see somebody set free. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. But you have the capacity by faith. I don't only have the compassion to, to see something change. But Wednesday night we saw the capacity. Stand to your feet all over the building. Turn to your neighbor and say, compassion. Tell them you have compassion. And you have the capacity for change. It's the Acts 10.38. There's a power in you. To heal the oppressed, to see the sick saved, to see the weary strengthened, to see feet come back uh, in right form. Touch three people and tell them things are changing right now. Come on, you're changing from the patient in the spirit struggling and hurting and suffering to the doctor, come on, that will administrate healing and deliverance. You're changing from the patient into the physician. Lift your hands toward heaven if you believe it. Come on. You are moving into a place where you are injecting into others the power of God through the power of knowing Jesus Christ. There's a healing and deliverance that will come out of the believer to give, to, to, to release in the natural and in the supernatural. Things will begin to change just like it did for the, that, that little, that, that person at the gate called beautiful, the lame man at the ninth hour. Somebody shout the ninth hour. Hallelujah. I just feel like saying that the night, there's three days from now, uh, that there's, there's, some, there's some change that's coming to you. That nine meaning finality and completeness, it means that the end of the natural and the beginning of the spiritual. Come on. There's nine fruits of the Spirit and there's nine gifts of the Spirit. And the Lord told me to tell somebody who's been waiting on a thing, wait three more days. I believe that the night, something is going to transition. Some of you have been waiting on some stuff and God is bringing some stuff to, to a final place. He's completing some things. He is doing some things and he's working some things out. And on the night, three days, I believe and declare that there's a resurrection ability that's going to come in the midst of your situation. There's a resurrection ability that's going to come in that business that looks final, but God is about to bring life back to the thing the enemy tried to destroy. There's a counter where the resistance has come. There will be a, a propelling, whatever the enemy meant for harm God's about to turn the twister I said God's about to turn the twister and the twister is going to burn come on somebody there's a fire that's coming to your house there's an oil that's coming to your house there's a fresh wine that's being released we hope you enjoyed this word if you would like to hear more messages like this one please take a second and click the subscribe button 
And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.